Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of Wellness Check. I am your host, Allison Winnick, and I can genuinely say that I am so excited to share this episode with all of you today. So before we get started and get into this episode, I do want to do a brief check-in with all of you as I have some news and a little bit of info I want to share with you guys. So recently I've partnered with Crystal Garden Co. Um, to bring you all a very special offer. Right now, if you spend $40 or more at Crystal Garden Co., then you are eligible for a free Oracle card reading from me. This offer stands through the month of July, and I do have a few spots available, and I can say they are flying fast. So if you are interested, please check in uh, with Crystal Garden Co. And again, if you spend $40 or more, you're eligible for a free Oracle card reading. You can order online or check out their Instagram at crystal.gardenco. I also wanted to thank all of you for being so patient with me on the release of this episode. This week has been so busy. Um, I don't even know where to begin. I started my new job for the summer. Um, I had relatives come home after a long quarantine. Um, and we're also getting our basement done and waterproofed and so that's meant that we've had no ac we've had spotty wi-fi and i haven't been able to have as much time to edit this episode as i wanted to leading up to today and with the wi-fi being on and off i haven't had enough time to actually upload the episode so i've been waiting till tonight to do that um so i just wanted to thank all of you for being so patient and uh excited and and ready to go for this episode as I am. And as we get into our episode today, I would love to introduce our incredible, brilliant, and magical guest um, who I had the privilege of interviewing on the podcast. Today's episode, I'm speaking with Megan Hamilton. And Megan is an artist, musician, tarot reader, speaking, and visibility coach. And over the past year, Megan has actually developed her own speaking and and visibility coaching service called UBU Skills. In this episode, Megan and I have a conversation about speaking up for yourself and for others, visibility, shadow work, empowering vulnerable populations, and building self-determination. Megan specializes in using shadow work in her speaking and visibility coaching. To offer a supportive stance to shadow work, Megan has created a shadow work work workbook and workshop to help individuals begin to dive deeper into the lesser known parts of themselves. Be sure to follow Megan's newsletter to get a free copy of her shadow work workbook and to hear all about upcoming events. All the information for where to follow Megan and find her newsletter is down in the show notes below. I hope that you are all able to discover something in this episode that resonates with you. And feel free to take what you like and leave the rest. Here is my conversation with Megan Hamilton. All right, and welcome back to another episode of Wellness Check. Um, I am so delighted to be joined uh, by Megan Hamilton in the studio today. Uh, Megan, first of all, thank you for being here. Um, you are so it's my insightful pleasure and wonderful, <laughs> and I am just oh. so honored to have you here on the podcast today. Thank you. Thank you very much. Welcome. Um, I would just love to start, uh, similar to my other episodes, just getting a little bit of your background and your history with the work that you do. Um, could you share with our listeners, um, a little bit about that work, uh, what it is and sort of the path and journey that you're on right now? Sure. So I'm, I'm a speaking visibility and confidence coach, and I'm also a musician. And if, you know, speaking of my journey, I went to theater school 27 years ago and did that for a while and had this sort of incredible training that even at the time we would say to each other, this is really important. Like lots of people should know how to do this, not just because we're getting up on a stage. So I learned a lot of valuable training back then just for just like how to be in the world and how to access a powerful voice, how to 
stand with authority and, and, you know, sort of fully in your body. So then I decided that acting wasn't really going to work out. It wasn't, I, I had, I just got really tired of all of the auditions and the judging and the, it just started to feel really gross. So I let it go and I moved into producing and all that time I had learned how to play guitar. And so I had started to write my own songs and I also wrote plays. So I, I was also writing, um, I did a couple of little plays with people as well. I shouldn't say little, they were, I, I thought they were pretty great, but it just wasn't where <laughs> I wanted to end up putting out my time. So I was writing songs and I had started this sort of monthly, like you could call it a cabaret where it was called my word and anybody who wrote stuff could come and perform it. So I would get musicians and uh, film writers and theater writers, um, anybody who, poets, we had a lot of poets. So anybody who wrote stuff uh, could come and share it with people, books, authors. And I was doing that because it made me write new songs every month. I was like, I'm also going to perform. I'm going to perform. I want to write three songs every month, which was a huge undertaking. But, you know, I was like 28 and I didn't have as many things on the go as, you know, I do now. Like the idea of writing three songs a month (laughs) is a little bit hilarious. Although I could probably, anyway, I I could probably do it. I'm just telling myself I can't because I don't. Mm-hmm. Cause it would take a lot of time. So anyway, um, and so the, and, and then I was like, oh, I love music so much. And I had played piano when I was little. So it wasn't, you know, new to me. And the idea of sort of putting music together wasn't new to me, but I loved it so much. And I was really afraid of it becoming something that wasn't fun anymore. Mm-hmm. But then all of a sudden everything shifted. My friend, Mark asked me to come to his house and record and on that day, it was 2004, I think it was January 2nd. And I left his house and I was like, this is what I want to do. This is mm. actually it. And I, and I had to like leave a lot of things behind at that time. I was producing for somebody. He got really mad at me. It was probably like the, the most angry email I've ever received ever. Um, <laughs> I know. I'm like, I get it, but also like, don't you want people to sort of thrive? Um, I left my job that I was doing. Uh, I, I, I stopped sort of all projects that were on the go and I just wanted to focus on that. So then I was doing music and that's what I did for a long time, like 10 years, I guess I made five albums well, I'm still doing wow. it. So I've, I've got five records. Um, I've toured across Canada f- all the way from Newfoundland to British Columbia. I toured in the States a little bit and I did it all my own way. Like I did it, uh, you know, which is great because I got to make all the decisions, but also which sucked because I had to make all the decisions, decisions. And, you know, it was like as indie as you get, like, you know, um, I had to come up with all the funding myself. And so it really set me up for, the back end of things. And I think that's actually what's really helped me with my business. So then fast forward to, we moved to Kingston from Toronto in 2009 and I got a job at a university and that was great. It, it was a good salary, gave me benefits, all the things that I hadn't had for a really long time. And it also had vacation time. So I could do my touring and then I had a baby and then my husband went back to school and then I went back to school and music sort of took a little bit of a, of a back burner. And while I was at the university, some of the students were doing uh, mock trials. So I was working in a law school. And what that meant was that they would have to prepare as though they were perf- doing like actual trials and they would get marked on that. And there's, mm-hmm. you know, I think there was like 20 or 30 um, different teams in our school. And I said, well, who's teaching them how to perform, who's giving them vocal lessons and who's showing them how to read from a text, all the things that I had learned at theater school. And they were like, nobody. And I was like, oh, I would really love to see if I could take all the things that I had learned and put them into something cohesive. So they went for it. And then that's how I started that. So I started coaching mood students 
And then a few years ago, I realized that I didn't, I didn't really want to be at this job anymore. It just, I wasn't being creative enough. I wasn't being, I wasn't in charge of my life as much as I wanted to be. I'm really independent and just sort of like being in a corporate, uh, it just started to weigh on me. So I started accepting clients for coaching and UBU skills was launched about three years ago. And I left that job. It'll be a year this summer. So it's been a year that I've been out on my own. Yeah. And even my coaching, my work has really evolved. Yeah. Yeah. It's so exciting. I'm really proud of myself. It was, it should not an easy thing. Thank you. It's not an easy thing to leave a very um, secure job with when you have a family in the middle of a pandemic, Mm -hmm. but yeah, but I had been, I had done this program to build my business. I I was building it. I was doing really well. I loved it. And I was like, I have to go for it. And thankfully I have um, a supportive partner who was like, let's do it. So then I was doing, I called myself a public speaking coach. And that never really fit. It just didn't seem totally right. And so then so you asked for my journey and here it is. I love it. I, I want to hear all of it. <laughs> <laughs> so I had been following Jericho Mandiber, who's a tarot uh, expert. She has her own deck and an Oracle deck. Actually, she has two Oracle decks now. She's the best-selling author. And she just, she had always really spoke to me and I was really interested in tarot anyway. And she had a newsletter and I signed up for that. And then all of a sudden she sent this newsletter that said she was doing coaching and she had this marketing background that I didn't know about. And she loved helping people like with their copy and with their marketing. I was like, oh, that sounds like the kind of person I would like to work with. Mm -hmm. So I hired her and we started working together. And the first session that we had, I was like, you know, the thing that's really feels a bit weird that it's hard for me to connect to saying what I do is because I don't think I, I don't feel like a public speaking coach, but it doesn't feel like public speaking like it is, but I just don't like that term. And I said, I, you know, I know we're supposed to niche down. I just don't know how much more I can do it. And she's like, well, maybe it's, maybe you're actually supposed to niche up. And I was like, what does that mean? Every single business <laughs> like coach tells up. you to niche down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like level up. And that's exactly what happened. And she said, well, I think public speaking is just part of what you do. She said, you're empowering women to use their voices. It's confidence. It's like showing up. It's all this stuff. And I was like, so then I started calling myself a speaking visibility and confidence coach. And that's mm-hmm. when everything just felt like it started to align. Yeah. I think around that time I started sharing more of my tarot readings um, on Instagram. That was petrified of doing that, of like some of my clients thinking I'm too woo or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so it wasn't like an easy thing where I just was like, oh, I'm going to start sharing my spreads in the morning. It was like, oh, oh my. My God, who am I going to lose? I'm in that process right now. Yeah, it's really (laughs) hard, isn't it? It's It's like so difficult. And you're like you're playing a mind game against everything and everyone you know, but really all that matters is how it's you know for you. And and that's yeah. So I just wanted to add that I totally get that. (laughs) Totally. And you know what? Nobody cares. Mm. Like I don't even know how many people saw my stories. <laughs> like I do because I could see the numbers, yeah. but it's it's not like suddenly I had a mass exodus where you know mm. people were like, oh, what is this all about? Mm. So I had started, you know, because that had been a, something that had come up in my life, and I was excited to share it. Mm-hmm. I also think there's been a, re- and we can talk about this too. There's been a really big transition over the last year since the pandemic, where you see a lot more of people's spirituality coming through in their professional capacity, it's Mm -hmm. becoming more accepted. And it's, um, I see it. It's mostly, I see it with women and people just being like, fuck it. (laughs) 
you and people just being themselves. And I think the pandemic had a lot to do with that. And I also think just the visibility of seeing, you know, like your favorite business coach, they show this is what happened. This is literally why I hire, why I decided to do this program last summer or last year, not with Jericho. This was before that. The business coach that I followed, I'd wanted to hear take her program. She posted a picture of her workspace and there was two little crystals beside her computer. And I was like, oh, I didn't know you were weird too. And, <laughs> and that was it. And then I spent like a lot of money to take her program because of two tiny little crystals beside her computer. Meanwhile, yep. like she had tons of incredible content that I'd been following for years, but it was the two tiny crystals. And then, and I kept thinking of that when I started, you know, being myself more, I thought, well, I spent a lot of money because of crystals. Other people will also spend money because they will know that they can be themselves in front of me mm. and they can talk about the things that, you know, aren't just like, how do I get my boss to pay attention to me? How do I give a work presentation? Which by the way, are really important things. And I work on all the time, but yeah. you know, um, it just helped me find my people. And so slowly over time, I also started integrating shadow work into my personal life. So shadow work is, um, you know, I'm sure that, that your listeners are going to know what it is, but for me, it's a concept that was coined by Carl Jung. It is the idea of going into your subconscious and going into the places that we find really difficult and sticky that we either do know about, or we don't know about. This is like previous bad behaviors, um, trauma, uh, times when we were really shitty to people, um, things that we're embarrassed about things that we feel shame about just all the dark stuff that usually we hide it or it lives in there because we don't want other people to know. And we also try to hide it from ourselves, right? Yep. We're happy to share all the good stuff that, yep. that we do that like that we're proud of, but it's really hard to share the shitty stuff even mm -hmm. with ourselves. Mm -hmm. And we're so afraid of people finding out that we just really bury it deep. And so I was like, I knew there was some stuff like I just knew sort of intuitively that there's some stuff, even though I've done a ton of work through my life. So I started on this journey of like figuring out what shadow work is and how to do it. And I didn't, I didn't look into it too much. Mm -hmm. I sort of developed my own way of doing it. And then working with Jericho, we were chatting one day and I was like, oh yeah, I started using shadow work with this client because they really needed it because it, oh my God. <laughs> right. Yeah, I was like, again. <laughs> oh, and she's like, yes. Wow. And then it was like, that's, this is so important because what happened for me was I started, as I started doing it, I started being more comfortable with myself. So like I started being able to talk about what I did more easily. I started being able to be goofy. You know, I always mm -hmm. had felt like I needed to be like professional. And, and so I started being myself more mm -hmm. like I, I came out as queer, like, you know, not something necessarily you do at 47, but it was like, okay, I think this is, this is the answer to this thing that's been living down there for so long that I've just really mm -hmm. avoided because I didn't have, I didn't know how to address it. Mm -hmm. Um, and it totally changed my business. Like it drew, it started drawing my ideal clients to me. It started helping me form relationships. I was able to show up more myself, which I think is more appealing to other people. Mm -hmm. And I realized that the shadow work was a really intrinsic part of that. And so what I did was I developed um, a workbook and I wanted it to be, because I had looked at a couple of other things and some of it's like really I don't know. I just felt like there was a really supportive way of approaching it so that like the work is tough, right? Yeah. It's not, yeah. it's not fun, but it doesn't have to be terrible. Mm -hmm. And there's ways that we can be supportive. So that's, that was my focus when I made this, this, uh, the me and my shadow shadow work workbook. Mm -hmm. And it was like, <laughs> 
<laughs> I would say the amount of people that have, so you have to sign up for my newsletter to get it. And that's part of the, what, you know, how we tr- like try to stay in touch with people. Yeah. <laughs> I could not believe how easily that flowed. Like, I don't have to do very much at all. And people are, are finding uh, the shadow work workbook, which means they're, they're connecting to me. And so then mm-hmm. I started doing these workshops uh, and that's another way that I would just find people to build relationships with. It's not just about finding clients. It's, it's about finding like-minded people and mm-hmm. building friendships and relationships and just like meeting people in the world. And yeah. so it's, you know, it was, and it was definitely not what it was intended for like it's not what it started off as for me for me it was just like personal work mm-hmm. and then it evolved into this thing and now it's like a course i have a uh, tarot shadow work and uh speaking course that like combines them all together <laughs> wow that is so, so incredible that's so fun and mm-hmm. for me like i i think that approaching shadow work with that perspective of, of working in that way is so interesting to me because, um, as I had kind of gone into my spiritual awakening and and learning about shadow work and and everything, I found it really difficult to do because after I I would do it, whether it would be like an intense, like meditation or journaling, or, or just like reflecting and going inward afterwards, I never really knew what to do with the product of that. I would be like, okay, so I've like made these realizations about myself and Now I can maybe understand where this pattern comes from or where this behavior sort of was ingrained. But at the same time, then I'm kind of like, now what do I do? (laughs) So I think Mm -hmm. it's really incredible um, that you've been able to create this workbook and and this workshop. Um, And I'm wondering if you could just tell our listeners, I know you have one coming up tomorrow and by the time this is released, um, it won't be anymore, but I, I know you have some more coming up in the future. So would you be able to share with our listeners a little bit more about what these shadow workshops go into, um, what you do during them, um, and how people can can utilize that resource? Sure. So I wanted to, part of, part of what I had always been a little bit nervous about with the workbook was I had really wanted to emphasize the idea of this being a supportive way of digging into yucky stuff. And I, I'm very comfortable leading workshops and I thought, well, I could just, I could just do a workshop and see what happens with people and uh, have people doing the work in the workshops so that they get a sense of how it it should be done. Cause there's, you can be really self-deprecating when you do this work, you can go back to, especially when you're examining your past behaviors that are less than, uh, enjoyable and, you know, you can be really hard on yourself and it just perpetuates these patterns that happen where we speak negatively to ourselves. So I wanted to be able to sort of curb that and knew that I could, if I was seeing people in person. So I think I've done about, four of them now, maybe tomorrow is the fourth. I usually do them around the full moon mm-hmm. because that's a really good time to let shit go. And so mm-hmm. sometimes we don't even know what we're supposed to let go or like, we're like, eh, I don't know if things are sort of fine. Oh, don't worry. You'll find things. Just kidding. I don't actually think that I think, I feel like if you're, if you're feeling pretty fine, it's, it's just feel fine. You can, there's always going to be a time when you're not feeling fine and you can do the, you can do the shower yep. work. You don't need to look for stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, I mean, the workbooks or the the workshops essentially go through the workbooks, but with a little bit more of me being there, sort of coaching people through it, and then of course the live Q and A aspect, and then there's actual shadow work that happens. And if there's time, I I either do ninety or sixty minute sessions. Tomorrow's, which again will have already happened by the time you're listening, is a sixty minute, just because that's the only time I had. But I mean, if you're looking to do one, they're usually around the full moon and I'm, you know, I advertise them a ton on Instagram and my newsletter and stuff like that, but they're, they're an opportunity to show up for yourself. Cause sometimes we don't make time for ourselves, but if we sign up for stuff, we do show up for yourself, do some internal work, learn how, like how to do it and be able to ask questions 
and then have the opportunity on the full moon of releasing it, mm-hmm. of deciding that. And I just want to give a small caveat. I don't, can't really release anything, right? Like we can release pressure. We can release stress. We can release um, tension, but like our experiences don't go anywhere. So we can release them from the shadow and integrate them into the light or our consciousness. And that's how I sort of like to see it. Mm -hmm. But I also think that a lot of the releasing piece is releasing the hold over you that certain things have, Mm -hmm. right? Mm-hmm. limiting beliefs, um, self-deprecatory behavior, things like that. Those are the things mm-hmm. we can release, but like in terms of like pain and trauma and, um, those are, those are our experiences and they don't go anywhere. We just learn how to live with them mm-hmm. in a more supportive way than, um, allowing them to either drive the fear boat below the surface or just cause us sort of constant anxiety. And not know what's happening to us because we never address that stuff. So we don't even realize what we're afraid of because it's so far deep in our subconscious that we, that we're, um, we don't know what's, what's living under there. (laughs) Mm -hmm. No, absolutely. And I totally agree with you. There are some things that the, the, the phrase of not just like letting go, it it can't be just let go like that. But I do love the idea of either physically writing something down or setting an intention, um, around something you want to work on. I think that's really beautiful and Mm -hmm. powerful. Yeah. Um, so I completely agree with you there. Like, absolutely. Um, and you're right. The full moon is a beautiful and great time to do that, that work. So yeah. I'm with you there. And you're so right. It's the intention piece, right? Mm -hmm. It's the, we don't know what we want unless we sit down and think about what we want. Like we don't, I find journaling is so important to help me really figure out if something's bugging me or if I'm feeling off and I'm like, what is happening? Journaling, you know, is an intention and it makes me focus on that. Same with setting intentions. I like to set intentions on the new moon and release Mm. shit on the full moon and, you know, I'll, I even really like writing things down on paper and throwing them in a, in a bonfire and just yeah. like the sort of ceremony of that, it mm-hmm. makes it be intentional. And then we're sort of focusing on it. And I think that's a lot of what even manifesting is, right? It's yeah. like intentional goal setting, really. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But with no, a witchy absolutely. twist. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you uh, practice any like daily rituals? Um, I know you've mentioned that around the new moon, you like to um, set intentions in the full moon, let them go. Um, what other sort of practices, magic do you like to participate in? Yeah, oh, that's a great question. So I love tarot as a tool mm-hmm. and um, it's become part of my daily practice. So just about every day I sit down and I journal out some stuff. I start with a commitment statement. And again, I developed this with Jericho. So after she was sort of helping me with marketing stuff, I hired her for as a life slash business slash magic coach. Uh, And it was an incredible time and so many cool things happen. And so one of the things that she suggested that I start doing was daily journaling. So shadow work and writing down a commitment statement. So at the time I was having a really hard time believing that all the work I was doing was for something because, you know, when you're first starting, you don't always get a lot of feedback. You don't always have a lot of, um, relationships or clients. And, um, and it was just being, I was feeling like, you know, I'm putting on all this stuff and it's really hard. And she said, well, what do you need to do? And I said, well, I just need to trust that. And she said, well, are are you? And I said, no, I'm finding it really hard to trust that. So she, so she helped me develop this commitment statement that I write every morning and I write mine is I commit to trusting that what I put out will come back to me in expansive growth. I commit to action, to justice and to do the next best thing. Or sometimes I write the next right thing Mm -hmm. and I make myself believe it when I'm writing it. And if I'm not feeling it, there's only been about three or four times when I, I just, I wasn't feeling it and I won't let myself write it unless, unless I mean it. 
And so it just sets me right off in the morning of like, I'm trusting that. And I don't know if you follow tarot or not, but I think of it like the, it's like the two or even the three of ones where it looks, mm. you know, you're watching the person who's sort of waiting for everything to come yeah. back, right? Their ships are out there and they're waiting for their ships to come back. Yeah. And it's trusting that everything's going to come back. And it may not be in the way that I envision it's going to, but I always believe the energy uh, put out is energy received. received yeah. Yes. So that's what I do. And then I, and then I pull three cards uh, and lately I've been pulling a shadow card too. So the shadow card is what's on the bottom of the deck. Mm. And usually I sort of uncover some relationship between the three cards. Sometimes I have a specific question and sometimes I just ask for three cards for the day. And then the shadow card is the work I need to do in order to make the other things happen, like, mm-hmm. you know, for, for them to, to go forward. On the new moon and the full moon, I usually do a six card spread. In addition to my morning stuff, I try to do it in the evening or as close to whenever the moon is possible. And then I do sort of either intention setting or releasing. And then on the holidays, um, I, you know, I try to do sort of traditional stuff that, that my ancestors would have done sort of people Mm -hmm. back from the British Isles, uh, and if I'm not feeling it, I, I don't, I don't, you know, beat myself up over it. It's like, mm-hmm. all right, this time I'm just too tired or, you know, and usually if I can push through, it always works out. But also if it doesn't, if I don't, if I can't push through, I don't, it's fine. You know, mm-hmm. like, I don't want to get too hung up about it, but I do find these rituals and these touch points really important. Mm-hmm. They help me feel grounded. They help me find relationship with myself. They remind me to be mindful and to think about what's good and what's not working and, and how to keep evolving. And so that I'm staying on top of everything. Like, I think in that way, they're sort of helping me like be a better person. Cause I'm, yeah. I'm not allowing things to just live in the shadow. Like I'm, mm-hmm. I'm making myself the shit. Mm-hmm. So those are some of the, and then every once in a while, uh, you know, you and I were talking before about um, sort of rituals or, or ceremonies you've partaken in. And I did a Mary Kay Greer magic ceremony, a few tarot magic ceremony a couple of months ago. And it was like so powerful. Wow. I like to do things by myself, but mm-hmm. I think that um, I think I'm going to try. And especially as we get into the, into the real world again, to be, to try to do like things with other people. Oh, I did a tarot reading switch with a friend yesterday. She's a psychic medium. Wow. And I was really nervous because she's a very established reader. And I'm, I mean, I only started reading for people last November, I guess. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to do a really good job. And at first I psyched myself out. I was like, you can't do this. You're not as good as her. And then yeah. I was like, no, I'm showing up. I'm giving Jenny the best reading that I can, and I'm not going to let my whatever um, little doubts. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I did give her a a really powerful reading. She gave me a really powerful one too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it was, it was, that was really fun. So in that, you know, and I have a couple of girlfriends that we um, were always texting, we're we're in, in each other's pockets about, you know, um, crystals and tarot and magic things. And we, we, like to send each other witchy memes. Oh, uh-huh. <laughs> you need, you always need your little, your little group. You'll come in to do that with. Yeah. Absolutely. Cause I mean, I'll go, I'll go pretty woo now on Instagram, but yeah. certain <laughs> things that I'm like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> That's a little too, I don't even. Yeah. I get it. <laughs> those are the things I, I totally keep to the, it. to the group well, text. Free to share those memes my way. Like I would, I'd love them. <laughs> <laughs> sure, I have That's an awesome. arsenal of them by this yeah. point. So oh, cool. Um, I'm wondering, and I, I don't think I've asked you this, or I'm not sure if um, you've touched on it, but you mentioned um, kind of connecting to your ancestors from the British Isles. Um, mine too come from that area as well. Um, I was wondering if you do any ancestral work, any any healing work. Um, just yeah, just curious. Oh, that's really interesting that you ask me that. So you know, I was sort of talking about. <laughs> certain things I share and certain things I don't. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Um, you know, up until, I don't know, nine months ago, I, 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 I was like, I would, I would not talk about ghosts. Mm-hmm. Um, I was a f- petrified of the supernatural. It's been a lifelong thing for me. It started off with like sleepovers in grade seven and watching movies that like I couldn't handle. And I have like really just pushed that, pushed it super far. Mm-hmm. And that was where I was. I called myself an atheist. I, um, yeah. And then, um, so I had this experience where I felt like I needed to do a release and one of my old theater school exercises came to me and that's where you fully relax in your chair and you even like let your head go back and you take in a deep breath and you just release everything on an awe as loud as it's going to be. And, you know, thankfully I would have time in my office during the day when nobody was home and I could just do it without worrying if somebody was going to listen. So I was like, Oh, I think that, that just, you know, I'm trying to, when I intuitively have ideas to sort of go with them and follow them. So I did that. <laughs> and all of a sudden I heard other voices and I was like, huh, <laughs> what? <laughs> and I just knew that they were my people wow. uh, around me releasing with me. Mm. old stuff. And I was like, Oh God, what does this mean? If this is real, what does this mean? This is not me. I don't, I don't do this. Like, um, so, Mm -hmm. but I decided not to let whatever, like I decided just to let my brain be like, just be in the moment right now and just be and let Mm. it happen. So I did. And, you know, and then I remember that a couple of times when I've been recording music, <laughs> the audio engineer is two different times. Um, one audio engineer, I worked with a bunch and he would always notice it. Uh, and then another audio engineer noticed it too, where like I'd be singing and they're like, I'm picking up another frequency. And I'm like, oh, it's just my vocal cords. Wow. <laughs> oh my. I just Because I thought that's what it was. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I remembered that and I was like, oh, oh, and, and it could be my, like it, you know what? Yeah. Scientifically, like it, it might actually be, yeah. be like a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I did a human design reading. Have you done a human design reading before? Have you, I have not have you done no. that. Okay. Do you know what human design is? No, no, please. Okay. So it was, it was introduced to me. It sort of came up sideways just along, you know, when you start following yeah. certain people, it just becomes like a thing that people are talking about. So human design is really similar. Um, to like astrology or mm-hmm. um, I'm really not familiar with all of the different things uh, like chakras and there's a couple of other systems that it, it seems to incorporate a lot of different things. And basically it uses your place of birth and time of birth as the starting point. And then it has all of this information about you. Hmm. So I did my human design with, um, Carly Nimmo, who's awesome. And she's from Australia. And if you get a chance, um, she's amazing and she does really great readings. Yeah. And I'm not, I'm not going to say it in the proper way, but there's like gates. And so there's connections between certain points in your body that are either like fully connected or like halfway connected. And a huge one for me was my throat. So, and that, and I was like, oh, of course, right? Singing, speaking, everything. So that is a, is a really big part of who I am is using my voice. And also yeah. what's really interesting <laughs> is anytime I've done any energy work with people, and this is people who don't know each other, who don't, they always get mm-hmm. like their throat gets raspy when they're talking to me. And they're like, I'm sensing a lot of things in my throat. And this is before I had my session with Carly. And I was like, um, oh, that's really interesting. Or I don't know, whatever. And so, and, but like, 
and then it came back to me when she said my throat, because that was always something that would happen to people. And then it happened with, with Jenny, the psychic medium who did a, a mediumship with me, her throat started getting, she's like, something's up with my throat. And I was wow. like, yeah, I don't know what that is, but it's me. I don't know what it means. And so like, I think that at the very least, we carry information through our genes Mm -hmm. from our generations, Mm -hmm. right? And we have, yeah, we have imprints, we have stored experiences, trauma and good stuff. And I think that I'm, yeah, I can't, you know, the thing about this stuff is it's so hard to put into words because it doesn't, it doesn't match up with our common way of describing the world. Yeah. But I can tell you that when I sit down to do this, ah, I hear other voices and I tried to be like, oh, it's not going to happen this time. Oh, it was probably in my head before I'll, I'll like, and I'll really like, but it just does. And it, it's almost like I can't do anything about it. And I feel like it's my my grandmother line. Like I, like, Mm -hmm. I feel like it's the women who I come from Mm -hmm. who are celebrating with me that they can have voices because for so long women didn't have voices and we still really struggle and not Mm -hmm. just women. It's, it's um, all underrepresented communities. Mm -hmm. Um, And this is why I do the work that I do because I, I think the world is a little bit messed up and we've heard from the same voices for years. And I want people who we haven't heard from to feel empowered to speak because I think we need to have new ideas. And I think we need to give, um, give over the topple over the current ways of doing things. They're they're Mm -hmm. not good for people. They're good for Mm -hmm. um, money and, and uh, capitalism. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. I think it's so, I mean, I just want to say how powerful that is because that, that is the perfection that you've entered into is this reclaiming your voice. It's speaking, it, it all revolves around that. So to me, in my mind, it's like, of course, when you would relax and lean into it and, and release your own voice, of course, those other ampl- voices would be amplified within your own. Like, I think that's so powerful and it's really just showing the work that you're doing as well within, you know, your own rest and healing and letting that to come out. Um, that's so powerful. Um, I'm amazed by that. Oh. <laughs> um, yeah. Like feeling it is pretty cool. It's yeah. Like, no, it's I can't like, imagine what's that would be happening. Force like racing yes. yourself. Just wow. That was a lot of tears. Mm-hmm. I can imagine. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like, I don't know if it's a thing you should try it. I I see. I don't really talk about it to people because it's weird. And, you know, like I I still, yeah, you just, just try it. Let me know. I mean, I I get, I understand that, that feeling though of, of immediately like, is this like, what's going on here? Like, where is this coming from? Like I've had those similar experience too. For me, it happens through dreaming. Um, Mm -hmm. I dream very vividly and I always have since I was a young kid. And I mean, we have like home family videos from when I was three and me like, telling my whole family about what I dreamed about. And it like makes no sense, but I'm just so like moved by it. And I always Mm. have been. And dreaming to me is something I'm still kind of looking into and and connecting with. Um, But I know exactly that feeling you're explaining. I I can affirm that in you because I felt it too, like coming out of a dream um, and being like propelled back into this like harsh reality. It's, it's like, I I just, it's a different feeling. So I, I totally relate to that. I, I completely understand. It's uh, it's definitely powerful. <laughs> for sure. Oh yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. and it's you know, it's it's it goes against everything that I don't know. Like it's hard to connect with sometimes because it's mm-hmm. it it feels surreal because it yeah. is surreal because yeah. reality is what we've been taught is and. And I'm still. I just want to really claim as well that I'm st- I'm 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 still keeping one foot like on the ground. Like I, 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 I can't commit because I just, I don't, I don't know a hundred percent how I feel about everything, but like, Mm -hmm. 
like if someone was to say to me, oh yeah, so your vocal cords have this like thing that like makes it sound like there's lots of different tones, Mm -hmm. then I would be like, oh, okay, that's it. Yeah. And I also have always felt because I've been able to do this. I mean, like I did, I did, I would do transcendental meditation by myself when I was a teenager, not knowing what it was. Right. Mm -hmm. And I would do like out of body experiences and things like that and and just Mm -hmm. mess around with stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, And I've always thought to myself, because this made sense to me in my understanding of reality is that like, these are mental metaphors yeah, that help me experience the world in a different way and mm-hmm. unlock my creativity mm-hmm. and allow me to feel like really interesting joy. Mm-hmm. And lately I've been exploring whether or not that's like an easy way of me explaining it and not um, fully committing to accepting like a fully huge spiritual world that I'm that you know, for 47 years, I yeah, <laughs> was no, like absolutely. working against that. And so working <laughs> towards it is, is like it's just as hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And no, then in the sure. end, I don't care, like whatever it is, yeah. this is how I've like, I'm letting things happen. I'm letting my brain work in different ways and it's working for me and it's making me feel like a more whole person. And that mm-hmm. is really all that I care about. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and I totally, again, relate to you there as well. It's been a, a year of really kind of sifting through and, and trying to gain both that, you know, scientific and also like metaphysical perspective on things. Um, and I, I, I get that I'm very similar in that way. Um, cause I know, you know, dreams, for example, hold a lot of trauma and a lot of grief and, you know, things that we see or can come up and be reoccurring, um, but that vividness of it is what is also powerful to me too. So I, I align with that as well. Absolutely. Um, Have you ever gone to TikTok and just like, let the, let them, let them come out and you're like, okay, how do you know? Yes. And I've had a couple of TikToks that have been like, one was, you ever felt like you were a mid forties mom with a great husband And like, uh, I can't remember what it was like, like blah, 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 blah. But maybe you've just figured out that you're just a little bit bisexual and, um, you know, but you're not going to do anything about it because you're happily married. Um, but it's okay to feel that way because, you know, now you're just a little bit more whole. And I was like, I literally fucking said that to my friend yesterday. What the hell? And I was like, what is going on with TikTok? It's so crazy. I was going to say that's a whole like episode on just like the algorithm and TikTok. And I swear our phones are listening to us. Like I went through a really bad breakup. No, they are like a year ago and it was just awful. But then I think my phone was listening to me because I just kept getting all of these, like exactly what I was going through or what I was talking about. And like other women, like making videos about it. And I was like, oh my gosh, what is happening? (laughs) Mm-hmm. No, I get it. I, yeah. It's, it is something it's else. Strange. It is bizarre. Yeah. It is. <laughs> but I've also had like a lot of cool, like yeah. spiritual TikTok, which yeah. can be very strange, mm-hmm. but I've also had these like, Oh, I think I was meant to see this today. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I've come and across also, a lot I was of... definitely not meant to see that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Like, that's not you know, for me. TikTok is a great way to come across other people, I guess I wait the algorithm algorithm works as well is that you can make connections with people who are very similar to you in those ways. Um, mm-hmm. I wanted to segue for a sec, a second. Um, I know that you recorded with Telus today or did a workshop with them connections, focusing on women. Um, it, the title was just really intriguing to me. And I was wondering if there was anything you wanted to share from that, or could kind of maybe elaborate on, um, in regards to that. Sure. So, um, TELUS has a, uh, chapters of communities and one of them is, um, like, I guess like, um, women connecting within, Mm -hmm. within the different chapters. So like, you know, Toronto, TELUS, um, Vancouver, Mm -hmm. things like that. And so there's usually, uh, they're like mini groups within, um, within the company from what I understand. And 
somebody was looking for a speaker to come and speak to their Toronto chapter about speaking up and about women's, uh, I think about feminism and my friend who used to work, this is actually pretty interesting. My, well, I think it's interesting. Mm -hmm. My friend who used to work there told the woman who had put this out about me. And so she got in touch with me and then weirdly my really old public school friend was like, sent me a message and she's like, so I work at TELUS and I just saw that you're coming to speak here. And I was like, because the only time, the only other time I've seen her in the last 30 years is weirdly in an Orlando airport, (laughs) like five years ago. And it was like a weird little section of the airport where you just wouldn't be. And we were leaving and she was arriving and I happened, like, it was one of those things where she passed me and I was like, man, that looks like Andrea. (laughs) And then I was like, I just gonna, I didn't want to call after. I just didn't want to do that thing, but I sent her a Facebook message. Like, Hey, are you in the Orlando airport? She's like, yes. Are you? (laughs) I was like, yes. And then, yeah. So then she, she, I think she was sent like the invitation to edit or something like that. (laughs) She wrote to me. She's like, what is happening? So, so they asked me to come and do a workshop and which I was thrilled to do. And they wanted to put the focus on being uh, speaking challenges that women face, which is an area of expertise for me. I usually work with women. And so that that's what that was. So it was like, I do half day, half day corporate trainings, but they just had this sort of hour slot. So that's what we did. And, you know, as a speaking coach, when I started to niche down, I, I decided that I really, really love working with women mm-hmm. and people in underrepresented communities, again, for the reasons I said earlier, but we, we have challenges that are invisible at this point in history, but are still very much in existence. So mm-hmm. I really love to talk about the book women and power by Mary Beard. Mm. She talks about how, even from the old days of the forum, the earliest recorded history on the tablets there is writing about how women should not be included in the forum because we have screechy voices, we're not as rational, and we're not as intelligent. All of the things that people continue to say in the year 2021, less people say it. However, if we were talking about intergenerational um, passing on, yeah, these biases continue right? So Mm -hmm. our behaviors, our genetic blueprints, everything that we pass on to our generations, we don't even know why we're doing this behavior. It's just Mm -hmm. that that's what we learned from our parents. And for women, because women also experience sexism against other women, a lot of what is going on was mothers trying to protect their daughters from experiencing violence, right? Don't make a scene. Don't speak up. Keep your voice uh, pleasant. And even look at like the witch trials, right? If you were literally afraid for your life, for being a little bit weird or for being um, fully in your power, you're Mm -hmm. definitely going to want to protect your fucking kids and like teach them ways that they will stay protected. Yeah. So that's, that's a lot of the stuff we talk about in, um, in those workshops, but then I just do the, the, my usual training with them. So I have a system that I teach people and it's, it's pretty universal and it's yeah. And so we talk a little bit about the challenges. And so basically it's like, if you show up to do a presentation and you get a weird vibe from the room Mm -hmm. as women usually would be like, Oh, that's just in my head. It's not really Mm -hmm. real. It's totally real. Hmm. Whether the people in the room realize it or not, it's real what you're feeling is real, but there's nothing you can do about it. Mm. You're not going to end thousands of years of patriarchy right here in the moment. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But what you can do is show up as your badass self Mm -hmm. and do it anyway and change minds or don't change minds, but just show up and be amazing using the system and, and just being yourself. Uh, so that's what we talk about a lot. It's just sort of wow. confirming that 
the weird stuff that you feel is actually true, mm-hmm, uh, whether people know it or not. Yeah. It's validating, mm-hmm. but that you can't actually do anything in the moment. You, you just still have to, um, and just show up and be amazing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And as someone assigned female at birth and identifies as a female, like I, I, I'm so bad at being assertive. Like I find myself mm-hmm. that I either jump right to aggression to like defend myself or protect myself, or I'm extremely passive. And over the past two years, I've been really trying hard to be more consciously aware of being assertive. And like, even example, like walking into a room for a presentation, like being able to stand up and like be myself and use my voice, even on this like podcasting platform, like I I've been interviewing mostly, um, women, people who identify as, as female, and I'm a lot more comfortable. Um, and it's, it's been a relatively genuine experience, which has been lovely, but I do find in like my common day life, um, I meet that assertiveness, aggression kind of barrier wall. I don't know if you can speak to that at all. Um, yeah, I actually have a blog post coming out next week about that very thing. Yeah. It's funny. It must be like, it must be in the collective unconsciousness because I noticed it. I've been noticing it recently where I know that people who are working hard to stand up for themselves more are being overly aggressive. Mm -hmm. And I was watching it sort of unfold in different social media places. And I was like, Oh, they don't know how to be assertive yet. They, they are either like, yeah, completely passive or overly aggressive. And I wrote it. I think I I wrote a tweet about it, I think. And then I like did one of those things where I screenshot it and shared it on Instagram, like not even at a time where I I normally would. Mm -hmm. And it had so much traction. People were just like, yes, this is me. (laughs) And then I saw like two or three days later, uh, Shannon Monson, who's a business, uh, person that I really like. Um, she has a lot of really great progressive ideas and she talks about how to incorporate that in your business. Um, she said the same thing mm-hmm. and I was like, okay, well, this is interesting. And you just said it now too. And I, so I decided a few days ago that that's what I'm going to write about this week because wow. it all comes from shadow work. So if you, we don't understand that we can be assertive, which is basically just boundaries, mm-hmm. um, in a compassionate or, or like a normal way. Like you can just say no to somebody and you don't have to be like, no, right. Like you could mm-hmm. just, you don't have to do that, but if you're not used to doing it, yeah. there's not, there's not a lot of nuance and you sort of have to practice to get it. Plus you have to do that shadow work because mm-hmm. something inside of you is thinking that you are putting on a mask, right? And you yeah. don't actually have to put on that mask. It's the same with people who are like, I'm just going to get up there and be confident. Hey, everybody, how's it going? And it's like, no, that's not what confidence is. That's no. bravado, which is actually another uh, blog post that I wrote about confidence versus bravado. People don't always know the difference, but it's, um, it's really getting comfortable with yourself through shadow work, which allows you to express your boundaries in a, just like a normal way. Like when I talk to you right now, expressing Mm -hmm. boundaries and, or, you know, I don't know, talking about the groceries, like, it's just like, no, I'm not going to do that, but Mm -hmm. I don't have to put anything on it. I just have to say no. And -hmm. that's fine. Mm-hmm. I don't have to apologize for it either. Right. Because, you know, mm-hmm. when somebody asks you something, you're like, mm, no, that's different than just yeah. being like, like nah. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you, sorry, I hit my mic. Do you find that this ties into this like people pleasing complex that oh, 100%. Women who identify as women often have? Cause I know for me, like that's when it gets really hyperactive or like really, in my face and and I either jump to a certain aggressiveness or passiveness is when that is played into it. Um, and I know you posted something on Instagram about people pleasing. I didn't have a chance to read it. Um, 
but I don't know if you want to touch at all on that. Yeah. I don't or remember what that post I think it was, was about. Like, or maybe it was just saying no, um, about just, just saying no and learning how to set that boundary. Um, oh yeah. I have a blog yeah. post about mm-hmm. just saying no. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If you're, if you're used to people pleasing, it's really difficult and there's a, there's a learning curve and you're going to have to go through some weird stuff. And as you figure out how to sort of speak normally about it, because you're working against yourself in a lot of ways and you're reprogramming your, uh, I guess your neurons and your, your sort of old ways of doing things. And that takes time and practice. And like, it's the same with it's okay. It's exactly the same as if you hate getting up and speaking in front of people and suddenly you have to give a wedding speech, Mm. you know, um, it's going to be really hard. And, you know, as much as you practice and everything, you're going to get up there. And it's probably if, you you know, if you've, if you're going from petrified to throwing yourself in front of a room of 400 people, well, I don't know, maybe weddings aren't that big. That's not be a really big wedding <laughs> to a hundred people. Um, and that's going to be daunting. That's going to be a really big thing. And, and there's going to be a learning curve and maybe like you'll speak at four more weddings over the course mm-hmm. of the next few years. And every time you do it, it'll just be a little bit easier because you're practicing and you're really leaning into who you are and what your voice sounds like. And, and also evolving because yeah. we're constantly evolving, especially if you're interested in ascension and like learning new things and being a better person and sort of constantly working on yourself, you're also going to be constantly evolving and certain behaviors that you used to have before won't even feel comfortable anymore. I mean, I can't even, you know, there's, there's certain behaviors, people pleasing behaviors that I used to have that Mm. like, I can't even pretend to do anymore. (laughs) Like it just (laughs) won't even, um, it just comes out as sarcastic if I try, if I try. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I don't know if that totally answers your question, but yeah, there's always, there's a learning curve from going from feeling, um, yeah, like you have to please people or like you have to be a certain way anyway, Mm -hmm. um, to just being whatever way you happen to be being that day, Mm -hmm. like where you're at and that, and that it's okay. Yeah. You know, we don't often... Yeah. We have to give ourselves a lot of, we don't leave enough space for that. I feel like. Yeah. And people, people reflect it back to us and that's, what's complicated too. Right. I talk about that in that boundaries blog uh, blog. When you start putting up boundaries, when people, when people have taken advantage of you for a long time and Mm -hmm. you start pushing back, they push back hard. Hard. They're like, you've changed. And you're like, yeah, I fucking have. (laughs) And I'm not (laughs) doing this anymore, but you don't actually say that because you're like, oh, it's so conflicty. I just should go back to being what it was before. Cause at least I know what that is and how everyone's going to behave. Oh, I had this happen to me recently, this exact scenario. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It's really hard. Yeah. Very difficult. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's a universal theme. But the more you do it, the easier it is. You get to the point mm-hmm. where you're just like, I just, I'm not going to do that. Mm-hmm. And they're like, okay. <laughs> well, I just like, yeah. want to thank you for like your encouragement and the work that you're doing in this, because I feel like it is a message, like you said, that needs to be hear- heard right now, um, especially for the collective. And I mean, if the synchronicities of having multiple people coming to you about the same sort of assertiveness, aggression, passiveness, like yeah, weird, so interesting air space. Like that has to be a message right now that needs to be heard. So thank you for your encouragement and the work you're doing and sharing that. Um, I'm wondering before we wrap up here, um, is there anything you want to leave with, um, our listeners? Is there any last, um, thought message, anything, um, you'd like to share before we close up today? Sure. Um, Thank you for saying all of those nice things. That's oh, you're welcome. You, you're, you make me feel really great. Um, yeah, here's the thing. Most of us have a hard time speaking, speaking up for ourselves, mm-hmm. walking into conflict, saying what needs to be said when it's really uncomfortable, calling out racism. Mm-hmm. 
dealing with our, um, for those of us who, you know, are, uh, are white dealing with our internalized white supremacy, like all, like none of this stuff is easy. Mm-hmm. And if it was, it, it, we'd be doing it, all of it really easily. And the most important thing to cultivate is yourself, your inner world, and know that when you do that, the outer stuff happens. It's mm-hmm. just easier when you're really solid with yourself and it takes years and it's ongoing. It never stops. You just have to, ex- you just have to commit to being honest with yourself, especially about mm-hmm. that shadow stuff. Cause that is really hard. It's not easy to be like, yeah, I really treated that person terribly and, mm-hmm. um, I hurt them. Like, it's not easy to admit that we pretend to just be like, ah, they're fine. You know, as some kind of like, I don't know, way of coping with it. Um, And speaking, getting up in front of people just becomes easier because Mm -hmm. we've done enough inner work that we just like the the things that we prioritize become a lot differently, a a lot differently. The things that we prioritize change. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. I think that's what I want people to know. And like everybody, everybody can learn how to do this. Mm -hmm. And, and I have a free guide to help you get going. I have a free public speaking guide and a free shadow work guide, and they're both available uh, on the front page of my website. And yeah. I love giving that shit out for free because I think it's really important. That's lovely work. And I will be sure to tag um, all of that and your Instagram and everything in the show notes below. Um, so all of our listeners can have access to your, to your work and to those awesome free resources um, that I know I will be utilizing in the next, <laughs> in the next <laughs> upcoming month as I keep going with this journey. Um, so again, thank you so much, Megan, for joining me here today. It's been such a pleasure Um, and I'm just so thankful to have gotten to speak, speak with you today. Thank you so much, Allison. It's been a lovely conversation and I'm really happy to be here. All right, everyone, that is a wrap of episode nine of Wilms Check. Be sure to follow Megan at UBU skills on Instagram. And you can find Wellness Check Podcast on Anchor app, Spotify, Google Podcast, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you like what you hear and feel called to, please consider leaving a review and remember to follow, subscribe, and like Wellness Check on Instagram at Wellness Check Podcast to hear updates and the latest info on all of our episodes. This is my gentle reminder to you to check in with yourself this week. Check in with your friends, check in with your family, your community. Know you are loved and supported, and I will see you next week for another episode of Wellness Check with light and love.